Hi, welcome to the Healthy Moms Podcast with Katie from wellnessmama.com. Today, Katie and clinical nutritionist Krista Arecchio, the founder of thewholejourney.com and Gut Thrive in 5 program, discuss the link between autoimmunity and leaky gut. Krista mentions bone broth as part of her protocol, and she and Katie both consume broth daily. Until May 30th, you can get 5% off organic, pre-made bone broth from The Brothery, Krista and Katie's recommended bone broth resource, simply by going to wellnessmama.com forward slash broth and using the code wellnessmama5. If you struggle with infertility or gut health issues, Krista has also offered a free copy of her Food as Medicine ebook that includes 180 original recipes. To get a copy of this free resource, join our community at wellnessmama.com forward slash podcast. In this episode, Katie and Krista discuss leaky gut and autoimmune disease and how to fix it. Let's join them. Krista, welcome back. Thanks for being here again. Oh, it's my pleasure, Katie. Awesome. Well, I love, we've covered so much in these last few episodes that we've done together with starting with pregnancy and fertility and optimizing even before someone gets pregnant and then understanding the microbiome and how that contributes both to pregnancy and also to gut health and to so many conditions that often aren't even connected. Um, And then we even deep dove into gut infections. And this episode is going to be one that's near and dear to my heart, which is the connection between gut health and autoimmune disease. And Thankfully, this is a connection that is starting to be a lot more well understood, Um, but it's only more recent that we're really starting to understand why this connection is so strong and how deep that connection is and how many conditions can be affected by that, especially when it comes to autoimmune disease. And you mentioned in the second episode we did together that you really like Hippocrates and how he said that all disease begins in the gut, which I love that too. Um, So when it comes to autoimmune disease, gut health is a huge factor, especially with leaky gut. So can you talk about what is leaky gut specifically and how does that affect autoimmune conditions? I'm happy to. It's such an important topic. And so I always love to use the analogy that if you think of the lining of your small intestine like a brick wall and the mortar is missing from that brick wall, that in short, that's what leaky gut is. So starting in our mouth, going all the way down our track to the end of the pipe, we have a mucosal lining. And that is really important. We need to have enough, a thick, healthy, vibrant mucosal lining, because that is where a lot of our immune system lies. And so, for example, when you're sick and you have to blow your nose, your body's wrapping up pathogens and mucus and transporting them out of the body. And so what happens when we don't have enough of that mucosal lining, then the body loses the ability to protect us. It can't wrap up pathogens. It can't transport them out of the body. And when we're talking about the gut, a lot of people talk about the gut as the second skin. And we want to keep things tightly inside that intestinal tract and then excrete waste so it never goes into any other parts of our body. And now when we consume our food, we have food in the small intestine. We we also have bacteria. We also have toxins. And that's why we eat enough fiber to be able to bind to those toxins, to, to get them out of the system. This is where we do our nutrient absorption. 
And so what happens with leaky gut is that mucosal lining that is nice and thick and it's there to protect you starts to get tiny little tears. And now what's happening is we have food particles and bacteria and toxins escaping the wrong way. And so whenever that happens, whatever gets out of the gut, it gets into the bloodstream and it goes directly to the brain first and foremost, but it's also going to put a huge burden on the rest of the body. Now, when everybody is in place and they're doing their job, we don't have autoimmune disease. But now when we have the chips are down, the intestinal tract can no longer do the job that it's supposed to do. Now, the spleen has to work overtime. Spleen really helps to clear inappropriate matter out of the bloodstream. When you have leaky gut, now its job just went from 40 hours a week to 80 hours a week. Now the liver has to refilter toxins. The liver has to metabolize all the toxins of life. We don't want to put an extra burden on it, but when it gets that extra burden, it's doing double time just to kind of keep up with the burden it's dealing with, it can't contribute to lasting health, you know? And so this is is the problem when we start to put this burden on the body, the immune system gets confused, the system gets overloaded, it gets backed up, and this is the early part of autoimmunity. And so if we're not detoxing through the bowels, then we'll be detoxing through the skin. This is where we start to get skin rashes that won't go away. It's showing with eczema and psoriasis that there's something going on and that it begins in the gut. It's showing with Hashimoto's disease is connected. There's a lot of studies connecting it to protozoa. And, and there's a lot of studies connecting it to H. pylori infections. And so if the body doesn't have the ability to deal with these infections effectively, there's going to be a domino effect to whatever might be our genetic weakest link, whatever we have a propensity for. And it will manifest in certain people as fibromyalgia, in others as lupus, in others as Hashimoto's disease. And so the, the list really goes on, this whole autoimmune really epidemic that we're dealing with right now, I believe, can be largely taken care of and reversed, or at least first base to healing, begins in the gut by going in and healing and sealing the gut, reseeding the gut with the right types and good bacteria, and turning the genetic directive over to the body to do the rest of it. I think that's the most holistic way to go about it. Yeah, absolutely. And I wish I could remember... Um, it was a specialist that I talked to one time that explained this really neat thing that kind of blew my mind at first, which is that the gut is not actually internal, like internal part of the body as we would think of it. We think of it, it's inside our body. So it's an internal system, but really it's like a tube and foods meant to pass through it in a very controlled environment and then be excreted. And we have all these awesome systems in place to take what we need from food, but to protect the body. It's not like particles of food are supposed to enter our bloodstream, but that's what happens with leaky gut. These particles are getting into our body. And when you think about that and how things that aren't supposed to be there are now interacting with our immune system and with our endocrine system and with all these other systems that truly are internal to the body. It makes so much sense how it really disrupts that process and how, um, like other systems, like I mentioned, the endocrine system and hormone balance and all that, that truly is internal to the body in our bloodstream and our glands. Um, whereas the digestive system is designed to keep those things somewhat separate and to isolate them. And so, um, I think that's a really cool analogy with the bricks and the mortar because, it makes sense if without that mortar, not only is the wall not very strong, but you can see right through it. And um, that's exactly what happens. I love that analogy. And you mentioned um, reseeding, which is a cool, such a cool word, but also like a really cool idea for um, 
both healing the gut and fixing autoimmune disease. And you mentioned in the last episode that when you're going through this process with someone, you don't even start that until after all the pathogens are out and you don't recommend probiotics until they've dealt with that. So can you deep dive more into reseeding and what that actually means and what that process looks like? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, and that's the thing a lot of people think, oh, take some probiotics and it'll be fine. But how do you know which strains are in there? How do you know if they're feeding, you know, what they're feeding and what's happening? And so it's very systematic to where we have to, I always say you can't plant flowers in a junkyard. So we have to do the weeding and then we get ready to do the reseeding. And we talked about the genetic perspective of this whole gut thrive and five and the five steps to gut healing strategy when we talked about, um, interrupting the way pathogens communicate and how we work, you know, genetically there and determine, okay, what are somebody's herbs that work best for them genetically? Well, we also work on the genetic component when we get to step three, which is the reseeding, but the strategy shifts. And, um, you know, I have a, a clinical guest who I love and I've learned a ton from over the years. He's got 30 years of microbiome experience, Jack. And he says, uh, he always says, if you build it, they will come. And this is really where genetics come into play because we have anywhere from 150 all the way up to 2,000 strains of bacteria that are native and unique to our genetic makeup based upon where we're originally from, whether that be Asia or Europe or Africa. And science and natural health can never recreate all of these strains of bacteria. And so what we want to do is we want to now build on the existing good bacteria now that the wires aren't so crossed because we've done the weeding. Now we know who's left and we know who's strong. And then we add new ones in the right amount and we start to nourish and feed those new ones. It's almost like using a, a starter log and then give the direction over the body to start to make all those extra hundred of strains of probiotics that you could never buy in a health food store or even eat really and then your body starts to make those and that's where the genetics comes in because that way you know you and I Katie could eat the same meal and we're going to make totally different bacteria from that meal it's the same thing where your body will start to learn how to attract the strains of bacteria unique to your genetic makeup based upon you know the water that you're drinking the air that you're breathing and the environment that you're in it's just it's so fascinating when you give this directive over and the other thing is is people think oh now that i'm not taking the antipathogenics anymore did i stop my pathogen purge what if i have more bad guys to get out well of course we do but we're turning over and the strategy shifting and we're letting the good bacteria take over and make its own decisions as to what it should do with the rest of the pathogenic activity within the body which is really cool and when you add in these right strains and you do this very holistic to someone's genetic makeup then they can convert the neutral bacteria that's taking up space they can put a positive influence on them and make them become from neutral to good it's like raising a child you know and then it's off in the world doing really good things and so we had anywhere from 11 to of probiotics at this at this point based upon once people come into our program and they fill out the assessment and we know which plan they fall into we can direct their probiotics but the three probiotics that everybody should know about and be taking when they take probiotics there's three different families and that's lactobacillus bacillus and bifidobacterium and so i would like to can i go a little bit into each one of those is that okay 
Yeah, absolutely. That would be awesome. Okay. So, um, Jackoway says it's like open warfare in the microbiome. And in a lot of cases, he's right. And so we have, you know, we use five to six different strains of the lactobacillus. And what these guys are is they're transient bacteria. So going with that military analogy, they're kind of like the Marines. The lactobacs are the Marines. They're responsible for the first assault. So they're going to be your soldiers with their boots on the ground. And this is where they're going to identify the rest of the bad guys that don't belong, because remember, we need to leave some to challenge the immune system, and they're going to escort them out of the body. This is why you would eat your fermented foods when you do start to, to do it through food, and this is why they're transient, they don't stay, and that's why you have to eat fermented foods consistently to keep your good gut health going. But the coolest thing, too, about these lactobacs is they're smart enough to identify as these soldiers are leaving the body. I look at it like a a prisoner of war that's been turned and becomes an informant to the other side. And these lactobacs can say, okay, this guy can be turned and it can show it to the immune system and say, hey, look at the genetic code. It shares its genetic code. And the immune system can say, okay, now I'm getting reeducated. I can remember this for next time and know it doesn't belong. It's just to me, that's the coolest thing in the world. So that's lactobacs. And then we have the bifidobacterium and their job as pillars of the community, or if we're going with the military analogy, their job is like the Army Corps of Engineers. They're responsible to colonize and stay. They're, they're going to do the infrastructure. They're going to come in and we need the bifidobacterium to heal and seal the leaky gut. Think of them as the actual mortar and they're, they're putting the mortar on the walls. So you need to have between two and four strains of the bifidobacs to really start to heal and seal leaky gut in a lasting way. And then we have to safeguard you for the future. And that's where Bacillus comes in. And they're kind of like the Navy SEALs or the Army Rangers, you know, where there are, it's almost like another species, right? They are built to withstand volatile conditions, harsh environments. They do not seek to be comfortable ever. So that's what makes Bacillus the special forces arm of your good bacteria peacekeeping unit, that they can, they can live with or without air. They can withstand the harsh environment of stomach acid, and they can be your frontline defense for pathogens, foodborne pathogens, or anything like that to come back in. So that's really the three of those in different strains really make up your, I call it the good bacteria peacekeeping unit. That's probably the best analogy I've ever heard for explaining the three different types and how they, they act in the body. That's really cool. Um, so if someone is struggling with leaky gut, and I would definitely encourage them if they even suspect it to at least check out your Gut Thrive program because it is, I think, one of the best resources I've ever seen for leaky gut. Um, but if they're also just starting out and maybe they are saving up for the um, Gut Thrive program where they can't do it because of their state in life at this point, what are some of the best foods and supplements and just lifestyle things that someone can do to support the gut and to help reverse leaky gut just right now? Like what would be some steps they could start taking? The number one thing that anyone can do is to eliminate gluten from their diet because we know that gluten um, forces um, a release. It opens up, forces the release of something called zonulin, which opens up those tight junctions or basically is going to make the gut leakier or more susceptible to that. So I would say really start to swap out your diet, eliminate gluten and cross-reactive foods so you would eliminate um, dairy 
And so try to go gluten and dairy free and sugar free and add in foods that work. So we have a turmeric ginger lemonade. It's on our website on thewholejourney.com. And that's a key part of slashing inflammation. We're having people do a, a turmeric ginger drink daily to slash inflammation and to support the liver and get the liver producing more of its own antioxidants so that it can start to recover from all that extra material in the bloodstream. And then add in your food bone broth. I'm always going to be a huge fan of that. Bone broth is a magical leaky gut healer as is collagen. Um, the nopal cactus, if you can find it in your area in health food stores, it's proliferate in the Southwest, but that's going to be something that's really helpful for healing and sealing leaky gut as is you know, marshmallow root and slippery elm and glutamine can go in and help with tight junctions. And then the, the probiotics that I just mentioned after you do a little bit of cleansing. So use food as your medicine, really work in the herbs and the spices. There's just, there's just such nature's medicine. Yeah, it's so awesome that we have those and that nature provides them and that they can be, they can make such a big difference. I think in today's world, it's easy to want to turn to either pharmaceuticals or just, just pills all the time. And nature makes so many fresh foods that are just amazing for that as well. Um, and we've talked about diet quite a bit in the last few episodes, but what about specifically for leaky gut and autoimmunity? Are there any special dietary concerns, um, during this process? Well, yeah, it's definitely the things that, that I've mentioned there for the, the dietary concerns of the things to get out and the things to add in. But um, when you're talking about leaky gut, you probably want an, an autoimmune. You probably also want to temporarily eliminate nightshade vegetables. And I'm sure a lot of your um, listeners have heard of the autoimmune protocol. And so we tweak it a little bit, the autoimmune paleo protocol, where we have to add more starches so we can support the thyroid and the adrenals as we go. But so I would say temporarily avoid tomatoes and um, potatoes and eggplant and peppers while your system's healing just to not confuse any of the wires. And then when you have leaky gut, you know, raw food is not really your friend. So don't eat more than 20% raw and you're going to want warming cooked foods, healing broths, healing teas, things like that. Like our cumin coriander and fennel tea that I mentioned, um, in our second, in our second podcast that we did is going to be really helpful. Yeah, that actually sounds really good and nourishing just and tasty. I'm going to try it just for myself. Um, so we've talked about diet and supplements when it comes to, um, autoimmune disease, is there more that someone needs to do long-term besides just heal leaky gut to like promote a long-term solution to autoimmunity? Yeah, so you have to optimize hydrochloric acid, and that's just such an important part. And so what happens is if you listen to the first podcast, you see that we, we want to give the parietal cells in the stomach a break, and the parietal cells are the cells in the stomach that secrete hydrochloric acid and also something called intrinsic factor, which helps us absorb and use our vitamin B12. But hydrochloric acid, you know, there's a saying, good fences make good neighbors, and that's where hydrochloric acid comes in, is it provides a fence between you and other pathogens in the outside world, so it can protect you. So this is the step, this is the point in the program where 
people's brain fog starts to go away and you're safeguarding yourself for the future. And that, that's really impart, important to kind of lock in your healing process. And then something called terraforming is going to be important because it's almost like if you were to relate this to a sick person or someone who's broken both of their legs, if you relate leaky gut and they go through and they're healing the lining of their gut, I mean, excuse me, they're healing their legs and they're on crutches. And then you get to that step where you're, you don't need the crutches anymore, but you have to walk before you can run. And so this is where terraforming comes in for four months. You know, when we're going through the gut thrive process and after the gut thrive program, this is when we add in non-starch prebiotics, which feed that newly establishing gut flora. It's going to feed it and fermented foods. And this is where you continue that process for three or four months of creating this new operating system within the gut that's consistently attracting all of these different strains of bacteria from the air and the water and the food and this is the point where you know you're going to retest for food sensitivities and a lot of them are going to be gone this is where you're going to start manufacturing a lot more of your own vitamins and getting the most bang for your buck is this like long-term healing process that happens over time the equivalent to the garden right you plant the seeds it's going to take a little while to produce those beautiful flowers yeah i love that and as an encouragement to anybody with food sensitivities, because I have had those in the past as well, um, and I still do avoid, you know, gluten and non or um, dairy that's not raw. But I had originally, when I first had my food sensitivities tested, I had um, a reaction to all kinds of eggs. So across the board, even duck eggs, like some of the eggs, some people are okay with, they all showed up for me. And after about a year and a half of this process um, and just focusing on my gut specifically and working with um, Dr. Christensen for my thyroid, who's he's a mutual friend of ours, um, I was able to test without a reaction to eggs on the food sensitivities test, which was amazing and also just very freeing because eggs are such a great source of protein. And um, I had to get really creative with breakfast there for a while until I could get that sorted out. But um, I say that just as an encouragement to anyone with food sensitivities is that the body is so smart, like you just said, and just because you have that doesn't mean it's set in stone forever. Um, and I, I love that you call it terraforming too. That makes so much sense and turning it into a, a hospitable environment, um, for the good bacteria is just fascinating. All this research that's coming out about that. Totally. And, and, you know, I, I end with what you're saying to how you got rid of your egg sensitivity is I don't think we give the human body nearly the credit that it deserves and its ability to heal and its power to heal is we are hardwired as human beings to adapt and survive and we are meant to live and eat a full and varied diet. And so when you can do this healing process, that's when you can really start to expand your diet and especially those who have been sick for a long time, really painted into a corner with all these food sensitivities of things that they can't eat, their whole diet world really starts to open up. Yeah, absolutely. I can agree with that firsthand. Um, Krista, you are such a wealth of knowledge and I love all four of these episodes that we've done together. And I'm going to make sure that I have all of the links in the show notes to different blog posts that I know you've written um, on a lot of these different topics, as well as to Gut Thrive and to your resources, because they've been helpful to my husband. And I think that they're amazing and going to be really awesome for a lot of people. Um, but I really want to tell you, I appreciate your time so much. I know that you're a very busy person and I appreciate you taking the time to come and share this information with all of us. Oh, I love being here, Katie. I love talking with you always. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much, Krista. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy Moms Podcast. We hope you'll join us again next time. 
Remember to grab a free copy of Krista's Food as Medicine ebook with 180 recipes for gut health by going to wellnessmama.com forward slash podcast. In the show notes for this episode, you can also sign up to receive her free video series about gut health. Until May 30th, you can get 5% off organic pre-made bone broth from the brothery, Krista and Katie's recommended bone broth resource, simply by going to wellnessmama.com forward slash broth and using the code wellnessmama5. Join us next Monday for another great episode of the Healthy Moms podcast. Have a healthy week. Thank you.